coming to you live on 106.1 FM every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. Jagat Dinkar and Subodh welcome you on the best talk show in Houston, Texas. When you talk, everyone listens. This is Open Forum. FM every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. Jagat Dinkar and Subodh welcome you on the best talk show in Houston, Texas. When you talk, everyone listens. This is Open Forum. Folks, welcome back to Open Forum, 4 p.m. on 103.5 FM. Hum FM Radio dot com. Hum FM Radio dot com. You can listen to us all over the world. 4 p.m. Houston time till 6 p.m. We got a great show today. It's actually nice to be back in the studio after a little while. As you know, I was out for some time. The well-deserved vacation. It, <laughs> one of many, I hope. <laughs> And it's really cool to be here. But it's also nice to be here because outside it's 104 degrees. Yes. My car said 104 degrees. I said I thought I'm driving at 104 miles. Actually, it was the temperature it was Temper- telling me. Oh my Lord, Houston, what's going on with you? The entire country, actually, the Southwest Belt, and going across the country, we're seeing a heat wave coming around. Absolutely. You know, and I feel for people under the bridges and other places where they don't have place to live. Yes. Or air conditioning. Right. Or the air conditioning blows off, and you really feel bad because that is one heck of a temperature out there. And I don't know how to fix that. Uh, Dinka, don't even try to fix it. There is no no easy answer. Yeah, but you know what? Yes, we have to be compassionate. I know Absolutely. a lot of people. Some of my friends who listen to me, they are extremely compassionate. They go around distributing cold water. Mm-hmm. I know a friend who distributes slippers to people mm-hmm. who don't have shoes. 
and so that their feet don't get burnt, etc. There's so many people out there, and I really appreciate you guys listening to us on Open Forum. We have two hours uh, today, and I think they're going to be just fantastic hours. Anyone who is doing these services, yeah, able to call please us. call us. Call us. Yeah, I'd love to contribute yes. some money, and you know, yes. you, you're distributing blankets. I'll, I'll yeah. write your check. Yes. Distributing slippers. Come on, Dinkar, you'll write a check. You want to distribute water and need yes. money from us? Call us. We'll take care of that. Right. right? But call us. Right. Our number is what? One eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five. We have a lot of friends who would love to donate and help people out there who are suffering in hundred and three hundred and forty yes. degrees outside. The first two hours today. Well, the first hour we're going to be talking to Miss Amanda Edwards, who is on her way right now. Uh, Dinkar, as you know, Houston traffic. Actually, I'm going to talk about Houston traffic with Amanda. She was a, she's a former Houston City Councilwoman, uh, served four years, and then she ran uh, a race yeah. uh, as a pr in the primary. I think it was the Senate race, uh, Texas um, Senate. She didn't make it, but that's okay. And she went back to working as an. She attorney. got good experience. She sure did. Yes. Sure did. Losing doesn't mean you can't come back right. again. And now she is running for District 18, uh, a seat that's going to be vacated by Sheila Jackson Lee, who's probably been on that seat for too long. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. She's been there for too long. She won that seat many, many times. And I think it's time for her to move on. And she's decided to run for the mayor of Houston, uh, as Mr. Uh, uh, mayor Turner is term limited. Right. And he's finished his term. And I hope... He also takes a little break and then comes uh, back and does whatever he wants to. But right now we need some, need some fresh blood, fresh faces, fresh ideas. You know, f fresh people who will reach out to the other aisle, whether you're Democrat or Republican, reach out, put your hand out and say, let's work together. I want to help. We are going to work for America. We're not going to work for ourselves. We're not going to work for our party. Mm. We're going to work for people right. who put us in there. We're going to work for our taxpayers. We're going to work for uh, people who want to make America the best country in the world. And that's the kind of person I think Amanda will be. Uh, she's going to be running as a Democrat. She'll have at least two people that I know have already um, put their names in the hat out there to run for the primary of the Democrat District 18 congressional mm. um, seat out there. I think, I think Amanda is extremely well qualified. And uh, as soon as she comes up here, we're going to ask her some easy questions, and then we're going to ask some difficult questions. Which I call it the Donut District. What do you in mean? The, in the middle, they have left. It's not not covered in mm -hmm. District 18. It's a encircled around 45 mm -hmm. in. Beltway 8 area, inside the Beltway. Right. So you're saying it's gerrymangered by the Democrats? Yeah, absolutely. Be honest with me. Is that it's what you're trying to say? No, I'm not gerrymangered. Hold on. Republicans do that all the time. You look at, this, look at, the, look at where, we, where I live, where we live yeah. in Fort Dodge No, it's County. a donut district. Okay, I, that's got, it. What I it got it. Why did right. you leave the middle out? That's Why? what I'm not sure. Are there too many Republicans there? You see... In our, in our district, yes, yes. we created a district there just so that an uh, Asian could win. You saw right. what happened to Lalani's race right. there? Lalani and uh, I forget the other guy. That, that seat was never uh, a seat for Democrats. It was a Republican seat. Right? Mm -hmm. Too many Asians came out there. Indians, Pakistani, Asians. Um, and guess what happened? It was it slowly turned into a Democratic seat. They gerrymangered the whole area. They carved it out 
so that it will be given and there's going to be no fight. Republicans can run for it but never win. That's what's going to happen in that area. Yeah, yeah. So are you saying this Democratic uh, District 18 has been designated mm -hmm. to be a Democratic? So no, what I'm saying is there was time when that district was represented by a Republican. Aha. Uh -huh. There was a time. And then things happened. Yeah. Okay. Right. It is the Washington, Craig Washington, I don't know if you and remember okay. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember you know, Craig. The infamous but Craig I Washington. Yeah, but I think what happens, Dinkar, is, uh, mm. you know, I, uh, as long as it's legally done and it, right. it's not illegal to gerrymander, it's, it's, it's kind of no. sickening sometimes, right. but it's not illegal. It's done legally. That's the way it's going to be. And that's the way districts are carved out. Carved. You know, you know, in a way, they represent the folks who live in that district. In a way, you, if you think about it, that's how they do, right? And, but on a general picture, when you keep changing district, there's obviously, huh, you're thinking. <laughs> Why are you changing it now? <laughs> the second thing happens mm -hmm. is it is gerrymandered from racial point of view. Right. There are so many Hispanic. Right. There are so many black. Mm -hmm. There are so many Asian. Mm -hmm. The districts are carved out that way. That's what happened in our district. Right. Mr. Dr. Right. Lalani right. won that district. He knew yes. right away. Whoever yes. wins the primary as a, is a Democrat, he's going to win this district because that's how they carved out. Here you go, Indians, Pakistani, Asians, blah, blah, blah. Go, fight it out and win, right? Yeah. And that's, he won it. I mean, he, he had yeah. a good fight, but he won it, right? It's legal. It's not illegal. But it's done, and um, it's good for some people. It's not good for some other people. So that's what it is. Our show, the first hour is going to be, we're going to talk to Amanda Edwards. The second hour, I think, is also very, very informative, and I'd like people to tune in and call us. It's, if you remember, um, uh, in 1981, there was a gentleman um, by the name of Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Ravi Shankar, yes. He used to be the disciple of uh, Maharishi, Mahesh Yogi, I think it was called. They, they kind of went their own ways, and he created, a, 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 I guess it's called the Art of Living organization. Right. That's what it's called, Art of Living organization. And I remember I used to live in Bombay at that time. I was still growing up. I think I was in medical school that time. And suddenly there was this big um, billboard out there, Art of Living. And um, I did go with a friend of mine. He wanted to, he, want, he was in IIT, I think, yeah. He needed it more than I did. <laughs> I was in medical school. <laughs> These IIT guys need this Art of Living, I think, a yeah. little more than, maybe we do it too. But he really needed it. He said, so let's go there. I'm like, dude, I don't have time, man. He said, no, no, come on, just spend an hour and a half and we'll go there. And so we went there and we actually mm -hmm. listened to, he wasn't there himself, but, you know, he has his own disciples who came and listened. Mm -hmm. And I could take it for about 35, 40 minutes, you know, and I had to leave. I'm like, no, no I need to go back to studying, you know, medical school, right, how it is. Yes. But it, it, after so many years, I've, I realized that this movement is, is it's a crazy, amazing Awesome. It has grown. And it Continuously grown. Yeah. And it's simple. It's yeah. art of living through meditation, through breathing, mm -hmm. through spirituality. There is no religion involved. It's spirituality. Right. They do different things. Spirituality is different. Religion is different. Very true. One can be spiritual and one can have a religion also, right? But he separated that out and I think he calls it art of living through spirituality breathing exercises and why am I preaching to you you know this much better than I do Dinkar you do it remember you do 
meditation, and you do, what is it called? Come on. Vipassana. Vipassana. Yes. People who are listening to us and who are, um, who practice that meditation, hopefully they'll call when we have Somitra Deshmukh. He's going to be coming here representing Art of Living. Right. Um, uh, apparently, uh, they call him Gurudev, right? Sri Sri Ravi Shankar was here 15 years ago in, in Houston. He was. And yes. since then, he hasn't been here. But this gentleman has been all over the world, Cambodia, uh, Brazil, Argentina, you name it. Wherever there have been conflicts, he's been there mm -hmm. trying to help people understand. If you live peacefully, you can live longer, basically. Can you, I mean, think about it. Right. You have at peace with the other guy, you will live longer. You will live happier. You will live saner. Right? Less stress, right. less anxiety. Yes. If you just work with each other. Peace comes from inside. Peace what you comes saying? from inside. Absolutely. No racial bias. No mm -hmm. gender bias. No religion bias. Nada. 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 When you do that, you have to live at peace with it. I mean, you've got to be living as peaceful neighbors, won't you? As a doctor, you tell me all the time. I do. Dinkar, you are what you eat. Yes. And Dinkar, what you are. What do you think you are? What yes, you think? yes, I do tell you. And what right. you breathe. What do you if breathe? If you breathe cigarettes, yes. then yes. that's what you're going to be. Right. You breathe some, uh, well, I don't know, Houston air is, eh, it's all right, not bad. But if you, whatever you breathe, whatever you eat, whatever you think, that's what you're going to be. That's what and I think he's just extrapolated so yes. beautifully. His, his lectures are really awesome. Yes. And that's the second hour we're going to have Art of Living, uh, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. By the way, he's coming to the Wortham Center. And, and, and Wortham Center is just an awesome place. It I, think it, I think it's August the 1st at the Wortham Center. I, I posted that on Facebook. My, some of my friends already texted me saying, we already booked the tickets. Because this is amazing that he's coming back to Houston. Yeah. And I think after a long time. After a yeah. long time, 15 yeah. years. I have a feeling that capacity of Wortham Center is about 2,400 seats. So I think I want to go there. Dinkar, you want to come with me? Let's see if Deshmukh can, you know, hook us up. Okay. <laughs> meet him, go and meet. It will be fun, yeah. Ravi, Sri Sri. Good interest. I keep calling him Ravi Ravi Shankar. It's actually Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Guru Dev, as they call him. Yes. I'd love to go and meet him. I want to ask some of my friends. Fennel, who's listening, and he's re she's recording this. I'm going to ask her, Fennel, come with me. She'll say, you need it more than I do. <laughs> I think she's going to tell me that. I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right about that. So, we're going to wait for that. This, uh, the third thing I want to talk about is, uh, while the guests are still coming, is cricket. Dinkar, cricket is becoming amazing all over the world right now. As we speak, India is playing West Indies. And, and that's going to be the second test right now. The first test was a washout. And, um, I mean, it was a stream, st steamroller over West Indies. Right. India didn't even have to bat the second time, right? Right. The second test match, however, is going to... Uh, come out to be a good one because now West Indies is batting much better and guess what England is playing Australia and Australia is getting their backsides beaten up so badly by England they're playing so good and bowling so well so and and, and uh, you know why I say this is this is the beginning of the, the the cycle of the world test cycles test cricket cycles so all these teams they play against each other gets the, they get the points and then they are right at top. The first two teams, the top two teams, like India played Australia this time, last time India played England. So England, India is the only country that's come into the World Cup Test Cricket Finals twice and in a row. Already. Because there have been only two finals. So this right. is both the time we've been there. So now we're trying to get there again 
uh, and we already beat in West Indies. Pakistan is playing Sri Lanka, and Pakistan kicked Sri Lanka's, you know, where, mm. and 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 they played really well also. So you see, West Indies, England, and Australia are going to be, I think, e- even after this match, they're going to beat Australia. They're going to be even, and then you have Pakistan and Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka needs to play much better to beat. Pakistan is a good team, and they're playing. Uh, much better than Sri Lanka is right now. So, these are the teams that are going to keep playing up, get up, get up, get up, and get there. And, you know, uh, we, I think this time, World Cup, Test match, and chances are we good. Go yeah, well, it's always good. So, and then, Dunkar Bhai, we already have in Dallas, the, uh, the, the American League, Cricket League is going on. And then, in, uh, on August the 11th, 12th, and 13th, Yes, way, Florida. Remember, you and I went yeah, to Florida. Yeah, right. We saw that game. Yes. And there's another game going on now. Uh, will be happening in. Uh, and I'm excited. Some people said, "Yeah, wo, they're going to send a second, uh, you know, second string team of India." I'm saying, I want to see them. I want to see those young guys go out there and bat and bat well. Prove themselves. Prove themselves. Yes. Jaiswal, mm-hmm. uh, Ishan Kishan. Uh, on Nutcut, who's bowling right now, and others, you know, I want to see them play. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, oh yeah, I'd love to see Virat Kohli play. I've seen him many times live, and he's really good. Rohit, I've seen, but these youngsters, I want to see them play. Mm. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the World Cup finals. I mean, World Cup uh, series in India. Abhi jao tamepan, Dinkar bhai. That is going to be from October to uh, end of November. Right. And those tickets are going to be going. They haven't even they haven't come out on sale yet. And uh, but those tickets will go, go out very quickly. Uh, you, you can imagine the hotels, the airlines. A, a, a game like that, a World Cup cricket, infuses a lot of money into the country. Infuses a lot of money into the the cricketing board of you know various boards that that right, come out there. Right. So, but the host country gets the majority of the money. So that is good economy. That numbers have gone up quite a bit. The money part of the cricket game. Yeah. 30, 40 years ago, it was barely nothing. 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 But yet today, Sachin Tendulkar is one of the the richest cricketer from all the endorsements that he got while he was at his peak. Even now he's getting them. Mm -hmm. But he's still the richest. I think the others are catching up. Uh, Virat and... um, Dhoni and then of course the Australians and Joe Root and please uh, people mm-hmm. like the big guys yes. they also try, but they're far behind even Sachin even today mm-hmm. uh, folks you're listening to Open Forum I know it seems like we're doing Open Forum but actually we're waiting for uh, Miss Amanda Edwards who is running for uh, a Democrat as a Democrat in the primary for District 18 District 18 you remembered it uh, yes, yes I almost forgot yes. and, and as soon as she comes we're going to put her in the hot seat out here and ask her some easy questions in the beginning. Then we'll ask her some tough questions that I love to ask politicians. And they love to answer. And then they never became my friends after that. <laughs> they, never, they never come back to my studio. dangerous, <laughs> Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. Let me just give out my number again. It's 1-888-749-1035. In the studio, suddenly the lights came on again. Suddenly everything became really bright and beautiful. We have Amanda Edwards in the studio. Hello, Miss Amanda. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me on again. 
Houston. Absolutely. And I was hoping you would fix our traffic also. What do you oh, think about the traffic in Houston, huh? Oh, my gosh. That's going to be at the top of the list. Top of the list. Top of the list. Yeah. Yes. yes. She's going to blame the county or the city? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's going to blame anybody. We're going to fix it. Fix it. That's yeah. the answer. Right. That's what you need your leaders to do. Well, okay. you know, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take one sh- a small call because we had a little different topic, and I'm going to let you settle down, drink some water. And, folks, we're going to talk to Miss Amanda Edwards, who is... Um, a former city councilwoman in Houston, now running, and she will represent District 18 uh, very soon in November. November 5th is the um, election day. But I'm going to take Yogesh by because we had started off cricket, so it gives her a few seconds to kind of settle down. I was just wondering about Yogesh Bhai's call. Yogesh Bhai, how are you doing, my friend? Good afternoon, sir. I'm doing fine. Well, well, welcome, Dr. Subodh. Yes, sir. Yes, I, I was out. I was out. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're back. And yes, sir. I, I think it's a lot of things are happening, like what you said in cricket. And yeah. I think it's a very, very exciting time, not only for mm-hmm. world cricket, but also for USA cricket and things like that. So yeah. there are a lot of positive things that are happening right. you know, all around there. So, mm-hmm. And I think, I think maybe people are aware of the Major League cricket and how rousing success it looks like to be going on right now right right so what i want to uh, what i want to do is yogi bhai if you don't mind if you call us at 505 and from 505 to 515 you and i and dinkar are going to talk about cricket and you know what when uh, miss amanda edwards becomes our district 18 congresswoman i'm going to have her make cricket i'm going to have her petition to the congress to make cricket another national Sports in USA. How's that How sound? That? How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. wonderful. We've already spoken to wonderful. our. Yeah. We've spoken, as you know, Yogi Bhai. We've spoken to our <laughs> Fort Bend ISD uh, trustees. Some of mm-hmm. them are very excited, and they're going to be actually talking about this. Hopefully, in one of the board mm-hmm. meetings you and know, making. It's a, it's a happening all over the country. There all over the country. In California. California is doing it. Baltimore, New York is tops. In Maryland is happening something. Yes. A lot of places are, school districts are, and especially Illinois, you know, they passed a law that they officially announced that the cricket as the official sport in the state of Illinois. Fantastic. So, so uh, I'm going to take yeah. so we'll I'm going to I'm going to sure. take your leave for half an hour 45 minutes. Okay, that's fine, no problem. Swing by again okay. and and listen to Miss Edwards. And you know I know yeah, we I, I we play kind of softball with her sometime, but today she's going to be in for a surprise. I'm going to throw one of those googlies that okay. like we say in cricket, wow. and then I want you to call okay. and ask her some tough questions yes. also. So we prepare her for the sure. big debate that that's going to be coming up later on in, in life. Right, life is full of debates. Thank you. All right, sure. thank you. And um, so. Welcome to Open Forum again, Miss Amanda. You're no stranger to our uh, radio station. You've been here before, about three or four months ago. Well, it's so happy. We're so happy to see you back again. Thank you for having me again. I'm really, really excited to be here. My co-host is Dinkar. I don't know if you met him last time. I think you met Jagat last time. That's right. And uh, but this is my co. We are the founders of this radio station, um, Dinkar, Jagat, and I. Uh, so it's so lovely to have you back. And last week we were together at the Chamber of Commerce. If you want to give a shout out to the Chamber of Commerce, this is the right time to do it. 
Absolutely. I mean, shout out and congratulations to all those involved in leading the Indo-American Chamber of Commerce and the work that they do to really cultivate uh, an economy that is inclusive in our Houston community. So I was blown away by the quality of the event, but more importantly, the substance of the event and, and the people that were there were extraordinary. So I was very, very glad to have had an opportunity to be a part. So thank you. Yeah. And that's, what, you know, uh, again, so there are so many districts, the congressional district, but I bet in that district you would have so many business men and women who probably were at the, sh- uh, at the event that day. So you're going to be representing them also. That's right. And, and part of, you know, part of my platform and focus is creating economic opportunity for people. And, and that is at, at all levels, but all communities as well. And yeah. so... And really part of the district involves downtown Houston. Right. That's right. right. And that's going to be the a biggest, yeah. the biggest business district in the city. Yeah. Wow. There so, you go. So, um, folks, uh, we're going to be talking to Miss Amanda Edwards, former city uh, of Houston councilwoman, now running for District 18. Uh, Sheila Lee Jackson, as you know, is moving on to a different position. That makes it an open seat now. Is well, it's not. It's not technically open, okay, but yes. Yeah, so but she is running for mayor, and I, I believe will be successful at that bid, and will then vacate the seat once she. Is that wins. how it works? Yes. Okay. So technically, but she hasn't filed for the seat for this time around at this stage. However, she could file for the and seat. What's the so what you are saying is that if she loses, she can continue to be. Congresswoman. She could well, run she again. Run. Yeah, she could run again. She, she, she can run, run again. Mm. Okay. And then if she wins, then she obviously becomes mayor. Then there's also the likely strong likelihood that there would be a special called election mm. uh, that in addition to the regular election. So, so it won't be appointed by the governor? No. no. It would be an, an election and it would also be... Um, both Republicans and Democrats that would participate in that special call election. So they've got to see who would be able to start serve out the remaining mm. portion of the unexpired term, which right. is the remainder of 2024, because she would right. have to resign oh, that's what it is. in the beginning okay. of January 2024, and then who would serve for the rest of 24 that would be a special call election but you also have your regular primary in general happening also in 2024 okay so all of our elections are 24 24 mm-hmm. so so now i get that right my the fog is <laughs> it's settling confusing down. and but we want to educate voters to know that you've got an off-year cycle for mm-hmm. the mayoral race mm-hmm. right. and this is unusual uh, not a lot of places have this, but we do. And ours is on in 2023. Right. After that mayor's race is decided is when then, we'll have the... Yes. Mm. So what's the filing deadline for your race? It's in... Next year? Uh, December of this year. This year. Yes, so, December okay. of this year, right after the primary so election. I got, so I see what... I uh, mean, excuse me, uh, after the runoff mayors, election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that that's that's kind of new to me. I I, I thought it. Well, it's be, new to all of us. Yeah, it's yeah. not the normal course. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 a little more confusing. This right. there's going to be a, a class I heard yes. taught about uh, this mayor's race and congressional race when this is all we, said and done. We need to. I need to enroll in that class. Well, let's <laughs> let's talk about you. Um, 
I'm going to give you the stage out here. Tell us about yourself, Ms. Amanda. Absolutely. So I'm a native Houstonian, born and raised. I grew up on the north side of town, went to Eisenhower High School. After graduating from Eisenhower, which was in the Aldean School District, Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go to Emory undergrad, Harvard for law school. Um, And then in between those two, I worked for Congresswoman Jackson Lee in Washington. Um, So she knows you well. Yes. Oh, yeah, for quite a while, quite a while. So I did that and then had the opportunity after Hurricane Katrina than to move to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So I moved down to New Orleans, helped with the rebuilding efforts there by starting a program for kids, teaching them how to use writing as a tool of empowerment, wow. and then came back home to Houston where I started practicing law as a municipal finance attorney okay. at Vincent and & Elkins and then at Bracewell. And then I decided that I would get off of the sidelines and step into the arena, mm-hmm. the arena of, of public service directly, and start to serve the city of Houston. So I ran for an at-large Houston City Council position. Uh, I ended up running that race. Was that your first? Yeah. First Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Lovely. we did really, really well. We yeah. got more votes than anybody running for office at that time, including the mayor. Um, and we just had very broad coalitions of support. Mm-hmm. And so we took that energy, parlayed that into some of the work I was able to accomplish as a city council member. So as I mentioned earlier on, economic opportunity has been something I really focus a lot on. And so... With that said, one of the things I learned as a council member was that we weren't doing so well in the tech and innovation space here in Houston. In fact, at that time, I think it was 2016 or 17, we were ranked 42 in venture capital investment. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that meant that there wasn't the financial support here for our startup economy to really thrive. And so they were going into other places, going to other spaces. So ultimately, I started a task force. I was the vice chair of the budget committee. We used a budget amendment to do it. And. And we made recommendations of what needed to be done here in Houston to have a more robust innovation economy. And many of those recommendations have come to fruition, including if you've seen the old Sears building mm-hmm. uh, that's been converted into what's now called the ION that's actually a product of our work in that we brought together uh, the stakeholders that would be uh, in- instrumental in getting that executed. And, of course, Rice has, you know, run with it mm-hmm. and done a tremendous job. So we're really excited about that work and what that represents, which is an opportunity for Houston to play in a different space and, and create more opportunity for people to move here and be employed here, have ideas here, creations here, create wealth here. And also, uh, I had an opportunity to focus on small business ownership. So Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a lot of disparities with women and minority small business owners in Houston. So creating strategies around how we reduce disparities disparities was part of my work there. Uh, I've spent lots of time helping with disaster recovery. Uh, Harvey happened when I was a council member. And so uh, in doing that work, we went door-to-door to to so many of Mm -hmm. our low-income seniors trying to get them the help that they needed in the aftermath of that storm. So we've done quite a bit, but now I'm running for Congress. Many people may have heard that I was running for mayor. I was. I announced my candidacy for mayor. They heard that on the station. Yeah, Yeah. you heard it here first. Yeah. (laughs) So we heard I was running for mayor at first. We got in the race in 2022, uh, but decided to make a pivot after Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee entered the race. Mm And so now you see me pivoting into the 18th Congressional District, where I'm from, where I was raised, where I was educated, and of course, where I live today. So it's a really nice full circle moment. So 
So, as uh, Dinkar had only before you came in, he was trying to tell me what the district. Can you tell us yeah. the span of the so district? It's, and it's changed. So, even if you might have had familiarity uh, familiarity before, it's changed quite a bit. Um, now it's it's kind of from the south going north. Uh, on the south side, you've got Third Ward, mm-hmm. University of Houston, TSU, Midtown. You've got downtown. A little, you've got east down to, east of downtown as well. First Ward. You've got Heights and and Spring Branch. It goes all the way up northwest, all the way close to Jersey Village and Cypress. Oh my! And then it covers. It keeps going, and it covers uh, the in, the airport, Greenspoint, Fallbrook area. Keeps going east mm. and then covers Umble. So the city of Umble is actually part of the 18th Congressional District now. Um, that was not always the case. Right. And then um, going back down on that side, you, on the east side, you have Cashmere Gardens and lots of neighborhoods within that span of areas. So uh, Fifth Ward, all of those. So it's kind of the core of yes. the city and it's absent a few pieces of the core. Is that... Um Historically, a democratic stronghold. Yes, yes. it's okay. always uh, it's historically been that. This is actually the district uh, that Barbara Jordan represented. So yes. Barbara Jordan, Mickey Leland, mm-hmm. lots of rich history there in this district. So we've got some pretty major national treasures that have come out of the 18th Congressional. Demographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethnicity-wise, yes. what do you see in that district? It's very diverse. So you have lots of communities of color in particular, but it's actually the diverse. The, um, the spectrum has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, not quite a bit, but a bit with the change in the the recent change for this uh, last modification. But lots of diversity, uh, strong Latino population, strong black American po- voting population. Um, but also, just it looks like Houston, right? Mm-hmm. It's got yeah, yeah. you know the rest. That's of the demographics so as well, so it's we're so in, we're such a, a, a diverse community in Houston, and so it's there. I will say the interesting thing about this district that's unusual is that we actually, in terms of voter participation, mm-hmm. female participation is sky high in that district. For whatever reasons, it's higher than the citywide percentage. That's uh, good. Citywide, it's about fifty-five percent wow. female in terms of who participates. But in this congressional, di- this particular congressional district, it's sixty percent. That's awesome. Though. Yeah, so it's pretty high. So I don't know what what drives that, but that's also kind of another nuance of the district. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. We have Miss Amanda Edwards with us. She is running for District 18. She's preparing. She's you know she's got this ground going now, and we we're trying to help her on Open Forum. We've um, we've interviewed her before, and I think we all like her so much that we say come back again and we'll talk because now you want to go to Washington not stay in Houston and you know Miss Edwards that this is a new it's a totally different ball game totally different I mean ballgame. you've been a Houston councilwoman you ran for I think was it for senate or yes you did run for senate it's about talking about the district yeah if I could yes, ask yes her. definitely yes. your district has about 750,000 residents that's mm-hmm. correct and the voting percentage is very low. Yes, it is. What can we do to get it up? Well, we have to tell people about it. Um, a lot of the time, people only participate in presidential years. Now, interestingly enough, this is going to be a presidential year, so it will go up. But we need people to understand that what's happening in our community 
can't be a spectator sport. And you've got to participate. Each and every single one of us has to participate if we want to create a community that we deserve to live in. And if you don't participate, then you get what you get. But if you do participate, you can have your voice heard. The policies reflect the issues that matter most to you. And the people also be responsive to you and be held accountable to you as well. And that's what we need this process to be. Right now, it's so few people that participate, and it's not representative of as many people that actually live, work, and, and dwell in the district. So Does that reflect on the current congressperson, too, or...? Well, everybody's got to, you know, it's kind of one of those things. If you look at what happened in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, in Georgia, what happened was that they were able to make such major progress in, in flipping their state because they were consistent in their efforts to register new people coming to Georgia. So anytime people moved to Georgia, they were very proactive about getting them registered to vote. We've got to be very proactive and consistent with taking that approach of bringing new voters onto the rolls and then making sure they know the difference between the mayoral election and the congressional election because that all can be very confusing for people. So communication, effective education, and registration is the key. So tell us in your district, what is the registration numbers? And if you can give us some idea, are 50% voter registered or more than 50 or less than? Yeah, we'd have to pull the exact numbers. I don't want to give you approximately. Uh, yeah, but the the voter registration relative to participation is quite low. So I'll give you an example just in the primary election mm-hmm. in the presidential year. So the last presidential year election, if you looked at how many people just in the primary, which is Hello? the re- election that's coming hold on, up. Hold on, hold on. We're going to take you. Yeah. The election that's coming up, if you look at that, it was um, about 56,000 voters. So that's not a lot of people. You just said 750,000. So 56,000 voted in the uh, Democratic primary. Mm -hmm. So you go down quite a bit. So Mm -hmm. we've got to activate people and get them registered, but more importantly, not just registered. We need you to come and come show up vote. and vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a disconnect as well. well okay. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. Let's take a couple of our sure. listeners, callers out here. Uh, you got your mic, um, um, headsets on. Let's take our first caller. Go ahead, ma'am. Thank you for calling Open Forum. Hi. Hi. How Hi. Are you? Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, Miss Edwards, um, you're very well spoken. I wish you good luck and also congratulations for being a candidate. Um, it seems like uh, you are in a in a position, or you've been out uh, helping the public in in uh, and in office for a while. Um, my questions are going to be in, in maybe two parts. Um, my first question is: um, Do you have do you have pets? Pets. Oh, do I have pets? Oh, no, I don't have any pets. My poor pets would die if I had them because I'm never at home. So I don't have any pets uh, at the current time. So I have plants that don't need me to come home at a certain time, but no pets for that reason okay. because yeah. we're busy. We, okay. We're not so there. When you said that, when you said that your, your district, you know, you, re- you noticed that your district uh, lacked, um, Lacked, was lacking in uh, innovation and technology. I want to bring to your notice that your district also sometimes lacks in basic humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
uh, I'm a business I'm a business owner mm-hmm. um, I probably work 70 80 hours a week wow. but other than that a lot of my time also uh, goes in rescuing animals off of the streets mm. of Houston and you know greater Houston neighborhoods um, and it is it's heart-wrenching and then it also brings you know it also makes you think that in a first world country in a developed country uh, animals are not treated right the people that do that to those animals are never brought to justice you also see when you see some of their records that you know they just they they have records they have criminal records and so on and so forth so you know like i i would say safety you know what is your um, do you have safety on your on your list of priorities yes i do and i'm i'm glad that you raised that issue in animal safety and also just the stray animal population has been a major challenge in houston in large part and i'm putting on my former city council hat because of funding disconnects right now what the local uh resources that are devoted for um, really handling the stray animal population is just not enough. And so now you see so many right. get turned away, mm-hmm. and it's not the conditions that any of us would expect in the fourth largest city in the nation. So we've got to fix. Uh, when I was running for mayor, you would hear me talk about fix the city's finances, fix mm-hmm. the city finances, fix the city finances, because that what you're highlighting is a is a byproduct and consequence of a broken financial system at the city. The city does not have, is not devoting what it's supposed to, to really deal with BARC and funding and supporting BARC in the way that would then create more humane conditions for animals. And so we are then saying, okay, well, you, you're off to fend for yourself, and it's just not the right answer. I mean, it's it's pretty terrible. And until the city fixes its financial problems, um, we're going to keep talking about these right. issues. And, and, you know, and in the meantime, people like Fennel, and there are so many other, Ramesh does that, yeah. they are rescuing these animals. They get calls, they go up, pick up. If I, I've been to Fennel's house. If you go to her house right now, she probably has two or three My dogs. Is a zoo. And she, it's a zoo. Okay, all right. Without a ticket, you can go into a house and look <laughs> at the zoo. Do you charge anything? No, Not you don't. <laughs> but but in a good way. Um, and she she will rehab them. In Harvey, the, mm-hmm. I have rescued about four hundred animals. Oh my But gosh. then at the same time, I may have left four hundred animals out because there's only so much I could do. And it's the same way with so many rescue groups over here that there's only so much they can do. Mm-hmm. We leave in tears. We don't sleep sometimes because what we saw and what we left behind, yeah. we couldn't help it. Um, so in other words... Same way with, you know... Right. In other words, Fennel, what you're trying to say is, Congresswoman, you know, step it up at a national level so it trickles down to the city levels also. Is that what you're saying? And right. And that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, some help from somewhere. If I mean, I wish that you come into office and I will hold you accountable to it because I know I will go vote for you. Uh, if, from what you're telling me mm. and you know I'll keep asking you these things but also you know someone like me I, I'm probably now known in my community like within two miles of where I live because mm-hmm. they know that I rescue animals and all that but you are the you know you're like the face of uh, Houston in a way um, you would have better outreach uh, to advocate all these things more than any of us would you know mm-hmm. and we also need to put bread and butter on our table, so we will sometimes neglect that and we'll, we'll focus on our businesses and all that. But this is the city at large. Uh, people, 
not treating animals well also people not being in you know like some of the houses in in some of your districts you have to see them doesn't have ac doesn't have power they get foreclosed on so many times mm-hmm. but then they also don't get foreclosed on they are dangerous considered dangerous buildings people still live there some of my houses i had to you know throw away so many homeless people that were living in one of my houses that was under construction so you know there are so many things like the city of so, houston permitting system right. finds us yeah for so, having these but uh, what what do i, I do I, think, i can't sit there 24/7 right fano i think what you're saying is you know, how do we fix poverty i mean it, it basically right. I, i we were just talking dinkar and i uh, earlier when we started the show i i mean i drove on 59 i took a left to come to uh, the studio under the bridge i see people there they are sweating they are sweating there's no water maybe they have water but that water is hot they don't have cold water maybe they do and i didn't see it so here's the but thing dr butcher everybody and i'm saying this yeah. on the radio that i i i take lot of water bottles like this the thermos types yeah. that my daughter or people from her school don't use it the kids will throw away cuz they want new stuff next year i've collected all of those I fill them up and I give it to all these people that I see on the streets cuz they are so hot and these water bottles they can reuse them and they'll keep their water cold for at least I would I would then hours. say one thing Fennel if you're not in Amanda's district find your own district and run for office because that's what you want to do <laughs> but if you're in her district just help her <laughs> All right listen I, I we get the point I think the point what she's making yes. is yes. there's so Thank much you. to do in this world and as a congresswoman take yeah. it there let let yeah. you know what and, and you know dinkar and i over coffee were talking about politicians you know politics politicians are they need to be uh, you know answerable to the citizens who got them in there and fennel is one right. of them she yeah. like look help these homeless help these helpless dogs and cats and others how can you help us as a congresswoman yes i mean several folds the issue of poverty has very complicated yeah, tangled very. roots okay and so mm-hmm. the understanding that one thing connects to the next thing connects to the next thing connects to the next thing yeah. is important so when right. i talk about economic opportunity i also talk about it alongside issues of accessing healthcare accessing education accessing housing mm-hmm. those are some right. of the key components right. of the work that needs to be done yeah. people have to have their health in in intact mm-hmm. in order for them to not be facing dire financial circumstances if you've had some type of issue with your health and you're not insured enough or you're underinsured you're going to be faced with a severe form of poverty mm-hmm. potentially and and yeah. you might be in the middle class one day and out the next mm-hmm. given right. a, a financial yeah. issue stemming from a healthcare need right. another example too is housing we right now live in a city where there was a, is a huge disconnect between the supply of housing that is affordable and what Houstonians mm-hmm. are expecting and deserve we can adject, address that through policy solutions on the federal level we can increase access to cdbg funding which is coming from the uh, the department of housing federally and that mm-hmm. helps to offset some of can sometimes use be used to defray costs home loan grants for example um, i mean home loans and different things like that there are some options there education access right now education is getting 
less mm-hmm. and less accessible, right? It's becoming less yeah, accessible. Right. And when that happens, that means opportunity is less accessible. You hear people saying that education is the great equalizer. But how can you equalize if you won't provide access to? And right now, mm-hmm. education is so expensive. I can think about what I paid when I was a student for, for law school and college and what these kids are paying now. And until we get costs under control, students and their families cannot afford to send people to college and access education. So that's another piece of this as well. So, I, 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 And economic opportunity, entrepreneurship, how do we provide the supports and remove and reduce the barriers mm-hmm. that people face when it comes down to creating opportunities for themselves. So there's a lot of those pieces, but they all work in tandem with each other. Right. Uh, Fennel, I'm going to put you on hold and I'm going to I take... Wish you, yes. No, I'm going. Okay. Wish you all the best. Thank you. You got that vote out I there. I heard it. Yeah. Fennel said it. I heard her. Yes, and you thank did, you. Bye bye. And you did, you did meet Fennel at the gala. Yes. We were all together. Thank all you. Thank you. I'm going to go to uh, next caller out here. Uh, folks, just to let you know, a number out at, in the studio is one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five. Mr. Daniel, go ahead. Uh, put the radio off so that I don't hear my own voice. I don't like my voice. Please put the radio off and then let's listen to your voice. Go ahead, Daniel. You are planning to run as a ma- for the mayorship. Now you change to the 18th district. Is it a political deal because the votes will be divided in the community? Say that one more time. So he, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, rephrase it or okay. phrase it actually. Okay. He said you were gonna run for mayors and now you change it to the district 18. Yeah. Is it because you were going to, if you had continued to run for mayor with Sheila Jackson, were you gonna just divide? the votes in the community as I'm just quoting him. Is that the reason or what's the reason? Yeah, I think there were a few reasons. I think, you know, the changes in the landscape of the race once Congresswoman Jackson Lee became very apparent. Um, I think that there was a need. Also, this is someone that I support for mayor. And so I decided that I would support uh, even though, you know, we had gotten in the race as early as we did, we decided that we would support her in her candidacy. Um, certainly, there would have been a lot of overlap with base. Uh, she she has a lot of overlapping base. So without question, there was overlap there. Um, but since we have announced my candidacy and we pivoted about a month ago now, we have received an overwhelming amount of support. In fact, in the first just 11 days after announcing my mm-hmm. pivot and candidacy for Congress, we had already raised $600,000 in, a, in a just 11 days after that announcement. So there's been a groundswell of support and awesome. energy. People who want to send someone to Congress who represents the uh, interests of the public, but moreover, also can deliver the results. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to have someone who just represents your views, but it's another thing to get the outcomes that you're looking for. And that's what Houstonians so, are looking to, to achieve. Daniel, do you live in so, District so, 18, my so, friend? So, so it is a political deal. I can't. No, I didn't do a deal now. Uh, I did a, I made a pivot um, because I thought that that was the the best choice given the circumstances. You can. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. So, Daniel, my question to you then is, sir, are you in that district eighteen? 
I got properties. <laughs> okay, you got properties in District 18. I don't know how that works. If you have property, you've got to have your homestead wherever you are. Stay wherever you are registered. Registered voter. Yes. Wherever, right. Yeah. Yeah. Only one property. One right. property. Well, good luck, buddy. Uh, Daniel, thank you for listening in um, well, it, and it calling us. Not, it has not, nothing to do with whether I vote or not. Since I've been following this news for a long time yeah. about the mayor's list and everything, mm -hmm. as soon as you uh, walked out of the mayorship, then I, uh, in my mind I thought it is a political deal and you confirmed it. You know, that's all. Well, you know, in politics you do have to uh, play the game right. Otherwise, you it's not called politics. Okay. Yeah. We all know that thing. I just want to confirm. Yes, sir. All. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for calling and tuning into f Open Forum. We are on 103.5 FM. You can also dial us up on humfmradio.com. Humfm Radio. Uh, go to your phone and you can download that. And that's how I listen when I'm out of town. I'm right. kind of prying in, trying to make sure everyone's talking the right stuff. I'm listening to you guys. Alaska or Hawaii, doesn't matter. So, humfm Radio.com. We have Miss Amanda Edwards in the studio with us. She's running. I didn't know it's 2024. Now it's really. Yeah. Now my brain is really going up and down. Yeah. In 2024, we're going to have a new uh, Congresswoman, Amanda Edwards from <laughs> District 18. But we've got to help her get there. Uh, she's obviously going to be running for the primaries first, and then the finals, as I call it, yeah. against your opponent. The question becomes, and we we always talk about. Uh, but politicians, once they leave Houston and go to Washington, do they forget Houston? You know, one of the things that Fennel brought up was extremely important. Poverty in anyone's district. It doesn't matter whether you're in the richest district or the poorest district or somewhere in between. I, I don't think, and she talked about the most developed country in the world, should never have a child, a woman, or an elderly sleep hungry or thirsty. And that's the crux of any a politician, anyone who's representing all of us, that, hey, I want to make sure my district and others, you know, all the, all the congressmen and women, should not have any person who should go hungry. And yet we see so much poverty, so much hunger, so much homelessness in one of the most developed countries. The disparity in wealth. You can see the disparity, you know, is immense. Yeah. How does, not you, just Amanda, as one congresswoman, how does Congress, how do senators fix that when they all come together? So, to summarize my question is, are you going to be one of those who reach out across the aisle to the Republicans and say, let's work together, or are we going to be bogged down by the leadership? You know what happens is, a rookie congresswoman or a congressman goes into Congress, Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. It's the leaders who will bog them down and, you know, you've got to vote this way. You've got to vote only this way. Your brain might be saying, I need to vote the right way, but my party says vote this way. Amanda, Madam, Congresswoman, what are we going to expect of you when you go to Congress? You're going to expect a servant leader who will be extremely effective at achieving and attaining results for the district. Um, what that will look like includes having a proactive agenda in which we tackle some of the issues you're describing, yeah. issues around poverty. Well, how do we get there? I just shared with you mm -hmm. housing, education, health care, economic opportunity. Those are ways that we can create policy solutions to help facilitate the outcomes we're looking for and deserve in our community. Separate from that, 
increasing access to resources, mm-hmm. funding. Uh, a lot of what Washington does is provide financial avenues for things to happen at the local level as well. So you can promote policies specifically. You can also um, push well, down district. resources, earmarks, all of those. They don't call them earmarks anymore. Yeah, but, they don't. Uh, but <laughs> you can do that. They're back. They're back. Yeah. You can do that. And you can also help support, you know, measures that help to provide more funding for the areas where there are gaps. Sometimes you'll find, and I say this all the time, you know, financial problems are in, in the financial problems at the city and those are gaps. You can actually help pass legislation that fills in some of those gaps financially. And, and that's what they did during the pandemic. And so we can, as federal leaders, be very local in our reach and our impact. And having someone who has served as an elected official, city council member, who's been on the ground, knows the streets in the neighborhoods, has gone door to door, not just during campaign season, but when it was time to show up and work for people, mm-hmm. is exactly the type of person we need to be sending to Washington so that we know how to pass the right policies that are going to truly be responsive to the needs on the ground. Oftentimes you have great ideas or mm-hmm. great aspirations or well, you be well-intentioned, but you don't have the experience, you don't have the application to know what specifically is needed. And what I bring to the table is a combination of that experience, that ability to apply federal to local so that you then can create the impact mm-hmm. that people are looking for and deserve. Will I be present in the community? Absolutely. Yeah. I was present as a city council member. Um, as I mentioned before, there wasn't you know a community minute meeting I wouldn't attend. Mm-hmm. And I continued that approach well after any election cycle. Right. Um, it's part of your job as a leader to listen to people. It's part of your job as a leader to be informed. And it's also part of your job as a leader to keep an open, active line of communication in which you are sharing information to and with the community and that they're sharing with you as well. It's a reciprocal relationship. And so that's how you govern and that's how you produce results. Also, uh, you know, as far as a willingness to pass legislation, I look at certain new leaders, newer leaders in Congress. You've had success with people like Congresswoman Lauren Underwood. You've had the Lizzie Panel Fletchers of the world who've gone in and, and really gotten a work and had some success and, and continue to build upon that as young legislators. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think is, is something that's exciting about this opportunity is to have someone come in with an eye toward the future, but also a practical understanding of what today requires as well. You know, we were talking about po- policy. I understand city has a problem with the money. Yes. But on a policy basis, who should be allowed to feed the people who are living on the street? Is there any rules on that in the city? The city... That you agree with or you don't agree with? Yes, yeah, so the city promulgates the rules about feeding homelessness. There are different schools of thought about what you should be doing. I think one of the things the city does do well uh, regarding the homeless population is that we have a housing first approach and we also activate what's called street no street strictly meetings. who can feed them can we can i go and give 
food to somebody who is so under that's the limited in the yes. city level that right. that ordinance passed many years ago is that a right. crime it's not a crime is it you, is it a crime they'll just they don't typically okay. do anything they'll just tell you to stop okay. so that, that's typically what okay don't so in, in other words they're saying don't encourage yeah. giving because then right. they don't go out to work is that what this the, yeah the notion is that you don't want to incentivize the loitering happening in you know spaces and places where there are homeless people gathered for food mm-hmm. and so you know it there are certainly um obviously pluses and negatives to that situation and that policy uh, but ultimately, you know, what we need to be doing is making sure that people aren't homeless in the first place, right? Yeah. No, like, I that's agree. The goal. And, and I think, you know, I'm not running for Congress right. or anything, but I think the, 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 the gist of the problem, the crisis,